This month, we are minding our P's and Q's. Not in the way you might expect. Not in the scolding way we used to do um, as children when we were told we had to. But we're going to do it in a way to lift us into a life of greater meaning. A life filled with magic and miracles, which is our theme. Specifically, we are being mindful to practice prayer. That was last week. We are looking at pursuing play. That's this week. Next week, we are quickening our divine potential. And then we are going to be mindful to possess a grateful presence. Just in time for Thanksgiving. Now, if you were here last week, you may remember that I said we were going to do a mindfulness practice to begin this time together each week. Do you remember that? We will do one in just a moment, but I want to lay some groundwork for our topic first, which is deeply profound. It's a deeply profound spiritual practice of, as I already said, seriously pursuing play. Why would I say that seriously pursuing play is vital to a life lived in peace and power? Why would I say it could be looked at as a spiritual practice? I mean, that seems a bit extreme, right? Play as a spiritual practice. So why would I suggest it? Let's think about it for a minute, okay? When we're at play, when we're having fun in a mindful way, That means being fully present to it in the moment. What's going on with us, inside us? When you're really engaged, you're happy, you're joyous, you're smiling, you're laughing, childlike, energetic, yet relaxed, usually, exhilarated, not worried about tomorrow. It's real hard to worry about tomorrow when you're playing. You're feeling free and unencumbered and spontaneous and imaginative and all kinds of fantastic ways of being manifest, don't they? Do you see any relationship between those qualities that I describe and your divine nature? Those are our natural inherent qualities. Now look at the universe and the creative process of the universe's work. There is a natural law of creation. The law of attraction is another name for it. And we create our lives depending on what messages we consistently give to that law and what we plant in the law, so to speak, with our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, attitudes, values, and actions. What happens when we plant in the law messages of happiness, of joy, imagination, energy, exhilaration, freedom? I'd say we get back a life full of peace and power. So do you see why the pursuit of play is something we should be mindful of as a spiritual practice? Yeah? Good. Having said that, we are now ready for a playful mindfulness exercise. And we are not starting with a little calming meditation like last week because this is me. (laughs) If it's a sermon about prayer, you know I'm going to get all I can out of it. This is about playing. We are going to kick off this playful topic with a bit of silly to set the mood. So are you ready? Yeah? You sure? This is one that Vetura Papke taught. She was Ernest Holmes' practitioner. 
She was one of the founders of the Holmes Institute. This is what she did. We're going to stand up. Those of us who can stand and are comfortable doing it, we're going to stand up. You're going to raise your hands over your head. You're going to bend over and touch your toes or toes-ish as far as I'm going. And you're going to say, oh, bountiful joy, come bubbling forth. Now raise up and laugh. <laughs> Again, oh, bountiful joy, come bubbling forth. <laughs> One more. Oh, bountiful joy, come bubbling forth. <laughs> we interrupt this service for a message from the SAC Newsflash. Dr. Norman Cousins at the Center for Beneficial Medicinal Practices has just reported that a powerful new virus has been discovered which could dramatically change the world as we know it. This virus is transmitted through sight and sound and spreads very rapidly from one person to the next. It is so contagious that even one person can pass it on to millions. If you wish to avoid contracting this transformative virus and remain unchanged, it is advised that you keep a distance of at least 50 feet between you and anyone displaying symptoms. Wear noise-canceling headphones and do not make eye contact. Infected individuals do not appear to experience pain or upset of any kind, and symptoms include a facial expression similar to that of joy, as well as spontaneous eruption of laughter. Officials have given it a very interesting name. It is called... Systematic Measure of Infinite Life Eternal, or S-M-I-L-E. Smile! We now return to our regularly scheduled program. You see that a smile disease. How about that? If that's the case, I think we may have just caused a smile epidemic, don't you think? Because that was silly. It was silly. It felt silly. I realized I sounded a lot like the Wicked Witch from Wizard of Oz. Every time I stood up, I went, can you not laugh that laugh? And out it came. But it was good. I am always so moved, you know, when I see the statue of the laughing Buddha. I have one by my front door. Or we have the laughing Jesus. We have copies in the bookstore that were done by the son of Margaret Stevens, who most of you know, she was the second minister at the helm of this amazing church, handpicked by Ethel Barnhart, our founder. She was here all through my youth and into my 20s. You can't help but smile when you see that particular laughing Jesus. There's some in the bookstore if you want to have a look. But you know, thinking about those images made me realize that too often we think that we have to finish the work or get through the hard stuff or do all the things, all the things that need to get done. And then at some point later, when all that stuff's over with, then we'll have time for play. We'll have time for fun, laughter, joy, spontaneity, whatever it is. I know I've been very guilty of this myself through the years, but I want you to think about it this way. Have you ever been driving your car when a dashboard light came on? How about the one that says low oil? Have you ever made the decision not to stop and get it checked out? Yeah, I have. I have. Mine went out the day of my best friend's wedding rehearsal. And I was the maid of honor. And I was 
wearing a floor-length pink dress. It was very good. It was an impeccably timed lesson that is highly memorable. But see, all too often, we do the same thing to ourselves that some of us have done to our cars. We see the warning signal, right? And we think we can go just a little bit further without doing anything about it. And we may make it. And sometimes we think we are making it, but we're not really. (laughs) I think we've all done that too. And sometimes we can crash and burn and find ourselves in need of a complete overhaul because we need joy and play as we go through life. We need it just like a car needs oil when it's running, not after the journey's finished. An appropriate Bible verse is from Isaiah 61.3. The oil of joy in mourning and a garment of praise for a spirit of despair. In fact, the Bible repeatedly emphasizes the importance of maintaining a sense of lightheartedness, joy, and humor. The words happy and happiness appear ten times in the Bible. But the words joy rejoice and joyful appear 430 times. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we are reminded that there is a time to laugh as well as a time to cry. And it is fascinating to me that the Bible has over 90 references to joy. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let the rivers clap their hands and the hills be joyful together. That's Psalms 98.8, and I love that one. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills be joyful together. All who seek for God shall live in joy. Psalm 69.37, everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. That's Isaiah 35.10 and immediately follows that quote about the oil of joy and mourning and the spirit of praise and despair. It was speaking in reference to the people of Zion. And from the teachings of Jesus, we read in John 15, 11, he says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Commenting on Jesus's teachings on joy, New Thought writer Eric Butterworth wrote, when Jesus tells us to rejoice and be of good cheer, he is pointing to a dynamic truth. The potential for rejoicing is already within us. Joy is a spiritual capacity, the unborn possibility of abundant living, and it is our privilege and responsibility to release it. Isn't that cool? It is our privilege and responsibility to release it. Do you have a playful attitude about life? in general, about yourself. It is said that angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. In the Sermon by the Sea, Ernest Holmes said he took his work seriously, but not himself. And if you look closely at some of the most psychologically and spiritually inspiring people throughout history, 
you could say the same thing about them. It is readily evident that joy and happiness were and are of far greater importance to them than any other quality. One well-known person who took himself very, very lightly, and some of you may not know him, his name was Yogi Berra. Everybody know who Yogi Berra is? Do I have, I know I've got at least two, three young people who probably have no idea in this room. Yogi Berra, his real name was Lawrence Peter Berra, and he was an American uh, baseball catcher, and one of the very, very, very best. He later on took uh, the roles on of manager and coach. He played 19 seasons in Major League Baseball. All but the last were for the New York Yankees. He was an 18-time All-Star and won 10 World Series championships as a player, more than any other player in MLB history. And more than all of those achievements, his true fame came from the person he was and the personality he carried throughout all his years. In the book he wrote about himself, it's called the Yogi Book, and it's subtitled, I Really Didn't Say Everything I Said. Here are some of the pearls. I was giving Joe directions from New York to our house in Montclair once when I said, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. I was receiving the key to New York City on a miserably hot and humid day. Mayor Lindsay's wife, Mary, commented on how cool I looked, and I replied, you don't look so hot yourself. He wrote, I guess I was a little nervous about the speech I had to make. He also said, always go to other people's funerals, otherwise they won't go to yours. Never answer an anonymous letter. As a new minister, I was also given that advice. You've got to be careful if you don't know where you're going because you might not get there. True. I don't know where we're going, but we sure are making good time. Playing golf one day, I started to complain that my shot was going to go in the water. And my friend Kevin Carroll said, come on, Yogi, don't be like that. Think positively. I replied, okay, I'm positive my shot's going to go in the water. And here's a real new thought piece of advice. And I love this one. 90% of the game is half mental. We're seeing more and more evidence of the relationship between joy and physical healing, but it isn't a new concept at all. In fact, King Solomon gave us one of the earliest recorded accounts regarding healing through the power of joy and laughter. At Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, a merry heart makes the body healthy, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. In the 1300s, surgeon Henri de Mondeville reportedly told jokes to his patients in the recovery room. 1300s. In the 1600s, educator Richard Mulcater recommended laughter for those suffering from head colds. And I almost didn't share this, but it would not have been me if I had kept it to myself. The child living in here pictured a whole bunch of people in hospital gowns laughing as bubbles blew out of their nose. Throughout the centuries, court jesters have been hired to relieve the royalty stress from governmental duties. And perhaps the most insightful recording of the benefits of laughter and healing came from Dr. Norman Cousins. Anybody know that name? In his book, Anatomy of an illness as perceived by the patient. 
1964, Dr. Cousins was diagnosed with a crippling and extremely painful inflammation of his body. And with his physician's assistance, he checked out of the hospital and into a hotel to utilize as many natural resources as possible to treat his condition. His experience became a controlled study in pain management and overall healing. Dr. Cousins decided to experiment with laughter to create a positive factor in altering his body chemistry to be in a healing mode. Dr. Cousins systematically watched Candid Camera. I'm not going to explain that, kids. Google it. He'd watch Candid Camera, Marx Brothers films, and read books like E.B. and Catherine White's Sub-Treasury of American Humor and Max Eastman's The Enjoyment of Laughter. And he later wrote, I made the joyous discovery that 10 minutes of genuine belly laughter had an anesthetic effect and would give me at least two hours of pain-free sleep. That's pretty big. If you've ever had insomnia or massive pain, two hours of sleep is a big deal. So I need to find some funnies and store them up for next time. Dr. Cousins recovered from his condition. And he spent the next 20 years teaching about the merits of laughter and physical healing. You may recall from The Secret, the story of the woman who shared about healing from breast cancer and how she and her husband watched nothing but silly movies so that they could laugh. Play, humor, laughter, and joy heal. That's the truth. They heal the body. They heal the heart. It's as simple as that. In The Science of Mind on page 447, Ernest Holmes tells us that if we wish to come to the Spirit for the healing of our wounds, let us come with spontaneous joy, for the Spirit is joy. I am well aware that life is filled with many situations that are difficult. You can either laugh or cry. When we laugh, we lay down the burdens that weigh upon us for even a moment. And we already talked about the role this plays in the creative process. Could it be that that's what Jesus had in mind when he said, except ye become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven? We need to return and become as a little child. I'm not saying deny that pain or suffering exists. But have you ever noticed how most children deal with hurt? They scream or cry. They let it out for a minute, and then they're right back at play again, right? They're right past it. A child is filled with enthusiasm for life and the boundless bubbling forth of joy. He doesn't learn this. It's natural to the spirit until it is unlearned, which brings us right back to that quote, enlightenment is unbecoming who you are not. The Science of Mind on page 456, how we long for a return of that simple trust in life which children have. In their minds, there are no doubts. They have not yet been told they are sinners, destitute of divine guidance and spiritual life. 
the life of the child is lived in natural goodness. God is natural goodness. The prison walls of false experience soon build themselves into barriers, shutting out the light, and the child grows into a man, often losing his sense of that inner guide, leaving his footsteps aright. We must return the way we came as little children who know that life is good and to be trusted. I love that last line. We must return the way we came as little children who know that life is good and to be trusted. Find the joy and spontaneity of the child here. A first grade teacher collected these well-known sayings and she would give the children in her class the first half of a proverb and ask them to finish it. And here's some of the results. Strike while the, what is it? Iron is hot. Strike when the bug is close. It is always darkest before. It's always darkest before daylight savings time. Never underestimate the power of, anybody got this? Termites. Those a wise child. Don't bite the hand that is dirty. (laughs) No news is impossible. No news is impossible. You can't teach an old dog new math. Love all, trust me. Me. That was simple. Um, An idle mind is the best way to relax. A penny saved is not much. Laugh and the whole world laughs with you. Cry and you have to blow your nose. And finally, if you lie down with dogs, you'll stink in the morning. Not one of those was a lie, though. You got it. You got to appreciate that. There was wisdom in every one of those. There is a joy potential within every person. There is light within every person all the time. And there is an unborn possibility of happiness. Remember, ours is the privilege and the responsibility of giving birth to it. And when we enlighten up, we enlighten up the world. I'm going to ask a couple of my dedicated front row volunteers who are here every week putting up with all my craziness. I'm going to ask them to hand out something to you now. They're bringing you a very valuable certificate of membership to an incredible association as well as some tools you may wish to employ as you journey forward on this playful new path. What you are being handed is the certificate of the right to play. And it reads, let it be known that the bearer of this certificate is a lifetime member in good standing in the society of childlike persons and is hereby and forever entitled to... Walk in the rain, jump in mud puddles, collect rainbows, smell flowers, blow bubbles, stop along the way, build sandcastles, watch the moon and stars come out, say hello to everyone, go barefoot, go on adventures, sing in the shower, have a merry heart, read children's books, act silly, take bubble baths, get new sneakers, hold hands and hug and kiss, dance, fly kites, laugh and cry for the health of it, wander around, 
feel scared, feel sad, feel mad, feel happy, give up worry and guilt and shame, stay innocent, say yes, say no, say all the magic words, ask lots of questions, ride bicycles, draw and paint, see things differently, fall down and get up again, talk with animals, look at the sky, trust the universe, and do anything else that brings more happiness, celebration, relaxation, joy, creativity, pleasure, abundance, grace, self-esteem, courage, balance, and life energy to the above-named member and to other human beings on this planet. Further, the above-named member is hereby officially authorized to frequent amusement parks, beaches, meadows, mountaintops, swimming pools, forests, playgrounds, picnic areas, and other places where children of all ages come to play and is encouraged to always remember the motto of the Society of Childlike Persons. It is never too late to have a happy childhood. So let's play. Amen. <laughs>